1: Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the podcast, we are finishing up our 2017 re-review, the re-review of the 2017 season. Only really three games of significance left to talk about uh, the the game against the Baltimore Ravens in which the Steelers won the division. The game against the New England Patriots in which it was stolen from us. And then, of course, that Jacksonville Jaguars playoff game. You know these are three games that have been, you know, I don't want to say they've been beaten to death, but they have certainly been talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about. But let, let's go over them again. And we'll start with that game against the Baltimore Ravens. It certainly felt like the Steelers were going to come out in this game and just Take it to him. Interception early on in this game from Joe Flacco. In fact, on his first drive, he threw an interception. The Steelers go down, score two touchdowns on their first two drives, including a 12-play, six-minute drive uh, that that just you know took all the air out of the ball for the for the uh, Ravens. And you know Heinz Field's gotten to it go, and it's it's 14 nothing Steelers. But that wasn't how it played out, because because from that point, you know, it was almost like that gave Joe Flacco life, or at least that gave the Baltimore offense life and the the Steelers were not able to stop from that point forward the Steelers were not able to to stop the Baltimore Ravens. They once they got going in the second quarter, they were basically unstoppable. I don't even know that they punted again. I think they punted one more time or two more times between then and the end of the game. It was I mean they were on absolute fire offensively, and this is the kind of thing we expected to see happen in the first meeting uh the the home or the road game against the Baltimore Ravens. Look, the, everything that had been happening to this point in the year culminated in what is, without a doubt, the worst regular season performance by this defense, allowing Joe Flacco to put up 38 points, allowing Alex Collins, their their uh, first-year running back, to go to go off for not just 120 yards rushing because that doesn't tell the whole story, right? He only rushed the ball 18 times. If he had rushed the ball 30 times, he may have, me may well have run for over 200 yards himself. He he got going and got going in a big way in this football game. And on the other side, you know, Le'Veon Bell, outside of some big uh, plays early, the Ravens did a great job of bottling him up. What was nice to see about this game is that. It, it gave us the confidence of okay, this offense really is coming into its own now because they they all the, the Steelers offense also never left you know uh, fifth gear. I mean they were just go 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 from from the word go, and I, I mean whether it was Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell or Advance McDonald had a big game in this game. It was uh, it was a sight to behold, and and again this is a game that Juju was suspended for, and so the, you know there was a lot of. I don't want to call it. Tre- I mean, maybe a little bit of trepidation going into this game about what's going to happen without Juju in this offense. He had certainly been a third option, but Jesse James had a fantastic game, and Jesse James has made a living uh, being a-, a nuisance to the Baltimore Ravens. So, th- this certainly was the kind of game that you were hoping offensively to see. And again, the Steel was putting up 40 points. The, the problem here is that the, everything that had been happening defensively, we start talking about it against Detroit and it cascades its way to Indianapolis and then Green Bay and I mean Cincinnati to a lesser extent, but you know, right on into the Baltimore Ravens game, defensively, it, it was it was a consistent trend of this team can't stop anybody and can't stop anybody consistently. Uh, and whether it's through and, and at this point, it had gotten to the point where it was not just through the air. It was not just Joe Flacco, Beating this team up through the air, although he did a great job through the air doing his damage. It was it was also in the running game. And it it was it was a Steeler defense that, yes, it was the first game without Ryan Shazier. So, you know, you can maybe give them the benefit of the doubt in that way. But it wasn't like the things that were happening in this football game were outside of the norm of what had been happening prior. Maybe maybe you could say that the Steelers would have played better against the run if Ryan Shazier In the lineup, but I don't think it would have been significantly better. And that's and again, I'm not trying to take away from the impact that Ryan Shazier has on this defense. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say is the Steelers' defense in 2017 had far bigger problems than than just Ryan Shazier going down. This team was not a consistent pass rushing team, and you know we talk about needing. Bud Dupree to be better as as a pass rusher, needing T.J. Watt to grow in that way. This team did not consistently rush the passer in 2017. It wasn't like they were a team that you feared week in and week out. They would get their sacks and they would get their sacks here and there, but there was not times, or or, or, excuse me, I should say, there were times throughout these games when they would get no pressure, when quarterbacks would have all day to throw or not feel pressured in any way. And this idea that we're going to move Bud Dupree to the other side and you know because he was almost getting there all the time i mean it's nonsense it's whoever came up with that in pittsburgh it's cute to tell that to the media because you know you're going to get some some flack off you for a day but it's ridiculous this idea that bud dupree would be a great pass rusher from the other side based on what we've seen out of him already ridiculous absolutely ridiculous this team had a real tough time rushing the passer consistently Now, they got to the passer, and they padded their stats in games like Houston and and Cleveland in those games, and they led the league in sacks. I'm not going to take that away from them, but I'm not going to sit here and act like they were a great defensive team when it came to rushing the passer, just like I'm not going to act like the first eight weeks of the season when, yeah, they didn't allow a team to score 20 points in regulation. That doesn't mean that they were a top 10 defense, right? They They were a good defense to that point, but they would have gotten exposed had they played better offenses. And once p- teams started to figure out how to attack them, they got exposed and got exposed week in and week out. Uh, and, and the Baltimore game being another another instance of that, this was a this was a now at the end of the day, the Steelers did win this game, right? I, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in the Steelers performance in this game, but they did they did come out and win. They had a humongous fourth quarter that yes, they got they did get big defensive stops in the fourth quarter to allow this team to come back in and, and win. And and you know, the cardiac kid thing and, and the the winning on field goals at the end, it became uh it became certainly a trend throughout this part of the season. And and it was necessary because the Steelers had to keep pace with the New England Patriots so that, that the, the game would matter and the game wouldn't mean who play who gets home field advantage. And they certainly did that. And again, at the same time the benefit that the Steelers had this season was that the Steelers defense waited until the Steelers' offense found its footing before it sort of cratered, right? In, in that the Steelers' defense, you know, whether, whether we can say this was always coming, right? In that, yes, the Steelers' defense was playing well early in the year, but we all kind of knew in the back of our minds that it was unsustainable. At least it was unsustainable, but the offense did finally find its footing later in the year. And that's what ultimately led this team to be a 13-3 and team, right? I mean... You know, the fact that offensively we were putting up 40 points a game kind of counteracted the fact that defensively we couldn't stop anybody. And that goes right into the New England game. And and the way defensively that we were playing coming into this game, I don't know how you felt like very confident going into New England. I don't think any Steeler fan was feeling like this is, you know, we definitely got it. We're gonna stop them and yada yada. You know. The way that 2016 went and the way that this team got smacked in the mouth against the New England Patriots in that AFC championship game the way that they were playing defensively up until this point giving up although you know giving up all these yards and points to teams like Baltimore and Green Bay and, and and Indianapolis right even though that was only 17 points it was still um it was still two long touchdowns right and you felt like Tom Brady's gonna rip us apart this is gonna have to be a shootout it's gonna have to be a shootout they're going to rip us apart. We just need to get the Steelers' defense just needs to get its stops when it can. And 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 yeah, this game played out I think far differently than you could have assumed going in. It wasn't really a shootout. In fact, the Steelers played this one right in that they wanted to shorten this football game. They wanted to make this about long sustained drives that ended in scores and they did that. They had you know, they had that 15 play, 80 yard drive at the end of the uh, at the end of the first half, that ended in touchdown, ended with them taking a 17-10 to 10 lead. That was after AB's injury. That was a huge drive for this. Team. That was a huge, huge drive in this game. And they had the right strategy going into this game. They were playing man-to-man on almost every play. And, and I got to give this defense credit because a defense that had played so poorly all season all of a sudden came to life against the New England Patriots. Not to say that they were a consistent pass-rushing team and, and that they were dominant in this game. But they were significantly better. They were at least making the Patriots earn it at times. They were getting off the field. That's what you wanted to see out of this defense. Right? they were. They were this defense was never going to come into this game and, and hold the Patriots to, to 14 points or whatever. That, that wasn't going to be the case. But we didn't want the Patriots to go out there and throw 40 on or 36, whatever they scored before they didn't do that right the steelers had this team held to 16 points for a large part of this game they got a a big interception in the second half vince williams uh with with a nice interception
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Offensively, in the second half, you could maybe argue that they got a little conservative and that they, this, this idea that they wanted to run the clock out and use that game plan maybe bit them. And I certainly felt that way coming out of the game, but on the rewatch, I don't I don't necessarily feel that way. The Steelers definitely were aggressive down the stretch in trying to get first downs, in trying to um, in trying to win this football game down the stretch. You know, they, they were without their best receiver. They were without their best uh, passing weapon in Antonio Brown, and, and ultimately, you know, not not to be the sour grapes, but look, this is a Steelers biased podcast, so. I'm just going to say it. The difference in this football game was Antonio Brown. Because I will tell you right now, it's third and four. If the Steelers get the first down, they run the clock out and win the game. Where do you think that football is going? Where's that football going? Where had it gone all season? Because the Steelers had been in this moment time in and time out throughout the year. Whether it was the Kansas City game and they needed a big touchdown at the end. Whether it was game one against the Cleveland Browns and they needed a first down to run the clock out in that game. Whether it was needing big plays at the end to beat Baltimore and beat Green Bay. Who were the Steelers going to on those plays? They were going to Antonio Brown. And so the biggest play of this game, and people will talk about the Jesse, I'm not even going to talk about Jesse James in this game. I'm going to talk about third and four from the Steelers, 25-yard line, two minutes, 23 seconds on the clock. If the Steelers get this first down, New England's going to start using their timeouts. They will be one first down away from victory, from a 24-19 victory. It is third and four. The pass goes to Juju Smith-Schuster over the middle for three yards. It's fourth and one. The Steelers have to punt. If Antonio Brown's in the game, the ball's going to A.B. And you got to imagine that he's getting that first down. That's what he had done all year. A.B., we haven't really talked about this because, again, I'm trying to... I'm not, you know, the AB had an MVP type performance wasn't, you know, was kind of an obvious thing. I'm trying to look for the um, the kind of non-obvious parts of 2017. But it, it is without, you know, without understatement here, This Antonio Brown was having one of the greatest wide receiver seasons in the history of the game. I mean, the guy was unbelievable all year. And that stretch that he had played prior to this game, you know, it's unparalleled. Absolutely unparalleled. So... Yeah, I mean, the, the difference in this game was that Antonio Brown was not there in really what, what ended up being one of the biggest plays in the Steelers' season. And the Steelers didn't convert. And it led to Tom Brady doing what Tom Brady does. And, and you know, I, a lot of people want to fault Sean Davis on that drive, and a lot of people want to fault the Steelers' defense on that drive. And, and I think there's there's certainly blame to go around there. Could Sean Davis have done a better job of, of covering Rob Gronkowski? Obviously, he couldn't cover him at all. Could the Steelers have done a better job of of helping Sean Davis in those spots? Absolutely, yes. Is it one of the reasons why they probably went out and got someone like Terrell Edmonds and brought in Morgan Burnett? Yeah, I think it is. I think it absolutely is. Right, but that that drive was you know that that drive was what happens when you leave the Patriots and out they will take it. And so if it wasn't going to be you know the, the idea is that if you had taken Rob Gronkowski away on that drive we would have won. I don't know if that that's the case, right? Some way, somehow, this Patriots team always finds a way, and so when the Steelers didn't get that first down, they punted there with with about two minutes on the clock. You've seen that story before, right? You've been down that path. We've we've already done this before. So, and then of course, every all the craziness will happen beyond that with the with the juju playing and Jesse James, and you know we've we've talked about that ad nauseum. I'm not going to talk about it again. Uh, but the Steelers did lose that game. I, I will say this: it. This to me, we've talked a lot of negative things about 2017 because honestly, re-reviewing 2017, it it there's no how do I put this? It never hits a high for me. There's not a game in 2017 that I go back and I go, that is the defining moment of this team. That is when that is the Steelers team at their peak. I guess if I had to pick one, it would be Kansas City. I think that would be the game where i would say this team hit its peak or maybe tennessee maybe the tennessee thursday game would be this team at its peak but i don't know are those the best games this team played is that the best that this team had to offer that they that they beat in, in tennessee that they beat a a surprise wild card team at home in, in kansas city you know they they beat a five and O team i think that's to me that is the best win of the season there is no moment this season when you felt like offensively and defensively it all came together for one game and that's what's disappointing to me there were times this season when you felt like defensively we could be we could be on to something but by the time that fell apart offensively we started to get going right so you, you and you said if defensively we could we can keep this up offensively we turn it around you know we all of a sudden become a dominant force but by the time offensively we started to take off defensively. We were falling off a cliff, and I think, for me, rewatching 2017, it just you just realize that this team never filled its potential in 2017. You know, we could talk about the Jacksonville loss, and we'll talk about it in a second. But real, really going back now and looking at this team as a whole, it never fulfilled the potential it had. Not not in one, not even in one game, not even in one game. New England, to me does leave a glimmer of hope for the future in that this team played played to played against their strength right which is they like to play their cover 2 cover 3 they they went and said we are going to schematically change everything we do to to something that will beat they, we will beat you with this game plan we will not necessarily beat everyone with this game plan and they did it rel- to relative success and it's if <laughs> they have to keep i think It leaves me in for 2018 cautiously optimistic that the kinds of changes we're seeing made to this defense can have the kind of year over year impact that we saw from how this team played the Patriots in 2016 to how they played them in 2017. You know, on the scoreboard, I think we gave up what, like nine less points, right? We think they scored 36 in the AFC Championship game, they scored 27 in this game, right? So st- so statistically it's not a lot different, but if you watch the games, it is it is really a significant difference in how well the Steelers defense was able to play against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And that was the Steelers doing that schematically. The Steelers have have gone into this offseason to make a lot of their own schematic and and, and uh, personnel changes that are going to fix what happened in 2017 defensively. And my hope is That if you look at what this team tried to do in 2017, which was fix fix the broken defense against the Patriots, I think, by and large, they didn't do a bad job of that. So, if I'm being optimistic, it's it's because I think that, or I'm hopeful that, those kind of changes can can be true about the defense as a whole. Because make no mistake about it, right? The 2017 defense, at the end of the day, was a huge disappointment, right? we can we can look back at the first 8 weeks and you can fool yourself into thinking that those were fo- those were 8 great or 8 good performances but you look under the surface of it and it's you know there is a there is a lot there is a lot of things there that that showed you what was going to happen later in the year you just didn't want to believe it right
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: So we'll skip the last two regular season games and go right into this Jacksonville playoff loss. And the thing I want to say straight off the top here about this loss is we shouldn't have been this surprised that this even happened to us. How different was what happened against Jacksonville to what happened against Green Bay or what happened against Baltimore, right? This was just a replay of one of those games. And yeah, it was a home playoff game in the playoffs against a team like Jacksonville who had no business putting up 40 on us. The one thing I'll say is, and I haven't really talked about this a lot when we reference this game, and I, don't get, I, I haven't given it enough credit, is how big an impact those turnovers were in the first quarter. Offensively, we were horrific in the first quarter of this game. Ben Roethlisberger throwing a ball, you know, kind of floating a ball to the outside, and the defender makes a great interception over Vance McDonald. Uh, the, the sack fumble. I mean, again, the defender made the defender makes a great play and has unbelievable speed to pick up that ball and, and not miss a beat on his way to the end zone. Jacksonville, you know, played well defensively there and, and made and put 14 points on the board for themselves. No doubt about. It. I mean, you know, you can are not going to take that away from them. But we shouldn't. We shouldn't have been this surprised. We honestly shouldn't have been this surprised. I mean, what happened against Jacksonville is what was happening at the end of last season. And yes, New England looked a little different in that. You got a, You got a glimmer of hope to, to feel like this defense played better against New England. But it, again, even that wasn't a terrific performance. So I don't I don't want to relitigate the entire Jacksonville game, right? And we we've talked ad nauseum about that game. I, I just I guess, you know, just looking at this season as a whole right now, as I said earlier, right? You know, I'm cautiously optimistic when I look at 2018 at this point. And and the reason for that, you know, it's just so many close wins in 2017. It's you can't replicate 2017, nor I think should you want to. Because Honestly, like I said, there is no defining win for this team, or at least there's not a game that you point to and you say that's the game where offensively and defensively it came together and we had the big signature win of the season. Maybe it's Tennessee, but you know your signature win is a, is a a win against a you know mediocre wild card team. Uh, you know, I don't know. Twenty seventeen, the re review has me like I said, it has me cautiously optimistic. I can see a version of this that definitely plays out like it's nine and seven or 10 and six. I mean, of 2017, I mean, right. We won so many close games. If you flip even half of those games, you go from 13 and three to 10 and six. And at that point, you know, it's no longer it's 10 and six. And you got, you got beat by Jacksonville, uh, by giving up 45, you know, now we're talking about a completely different season, right? So yeah, this team has a lot of work to do. Uh, and, and, And like I said, it may be more than a player away defensively as we've been thinking before. We've talked a lot about, well, if we just got our superstar or one guy to step up, it would fix a lot of the holes defensively. It certainly would fix some things defensively. I don't know that it takes us from where we are today to where we want to be, which is, of course, we're all waiting on that next great Steeler defense to show up. There's certainly enough young talent there to build on it. But, boy, when you look at where they left off a year ago and, and and the holes that they have, it's it's a there's there's a lot to there's a lot to be done there. I I am optimistic that the Steelers are at least being realistic about that. This is this is not the season where well Hayden went down so things went south and well Shazier went down so things went south. It was there were already things happening prior to those injuries uh, that were that were concerning. So yeah, like I said, twenty seventeen, cautious. It, it's it's it's. Um, it's a very different season than I remember it. In that you you when the when the win against Green Bay happened, when the win against Cincinnati happened, when the win when the win against Baltimore happened, those were big wins at the time because you felt like yeah you know maybe we stole that game or maybe we played down to our opponent in that game, but it showed some grit. It's a, we are a team of destiny. This team can't lose. You know, great teams find ways to win, that kind of thing. And then you know knowing what we know now about how no this team's just gonna go get just gonna go get beat in the playoffs those wins become more concerning because again you can't replicate that year over year right you can't just keep you can't keep stealing games from that when you are playing so poorly on one side of the ball or the other and the thing that should scare everyone is if defensively we don't get any better and offensively it starts off as slow as it did a year ago that 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 is a recipe for disaster for the start of the 2018 season so all right that's going to do it for me this week thank you all for listening if you want to leave feedback steeler country at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country, and I'll be back on Monday for more Locked On Steelers.
0: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.